everybody. Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and this week I am talking to Darren Franish. Hey, Darren. How's it going? Uh, Darren is a critic at Entertainment Weekly, writer, critic, writer slash critic. Writer, blogger, critic, reporter, sort of the whole ball of wax. Yeah, uh, and you may remember him previously as a Breaking Bad correspondent <laughs> for this show a little over a year ago now. Uh was our, the last time we got together to discuss Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad no longer exists. We had to think of excuses to get Darren back on the show, and the one we came up with was ranking the Marvel movies. Right there alongside of Breaking Bad, of course, are Marvel <laughs> movies. Two, two, two very similar topics of conversation. So, just to set some ground rules, we are going to be looking at Darren's list of the top Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe movies. So, no Blades, no X-Men, uh, no Punishers. No Fantastic Fours, no David Hasselhoff Nick Furies. Yeah, Am I no, leaving anything out? No Spider Man, nor Amazing Spider Man. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. No Daredevil. Electra, unfortunately, oh, will not Electra. be appearing on this you list. You know, I hate Daredevil less than most people, though I've never seen Electra. I always like how everyone who says that they like Daredevil always says it in exactly that way. It's never I like it. It's always I hate it less than people do. I think it gets a it gets a bum rap. So, oh man. So uh, we're gonna be looking from worst to best. Uh, Darren's favorite Marvel movies. I will of course interject my opinions nonstop. Let's, let's just start at the bottom here. What do we got? What is the? Let's what is, start at number ten. Number ten. To me, the one truly awful Marvel Studios movie. Because I think that like one thing to give Marvel Studios credit for, I think they're a well-run operation. They're a well-oiled yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah. They don't really make horrible films that often. You know, there's there, there's no X-Men Origins Wolverine mm-hmm. in their back catalog, but there is Thor Two: yeah, The Thor Dark II was World, bad. which I just really. I mean, it's so part of the problem is Thor was really kind of one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. growing up, which really makes me one of the saddest nerds of all time because there's not a lot of good Thor stories there's basically like Walt Simonson was, was mm-hmm, on the character mm-hmm. for a while his stuff is all great but he, he is a very weird character you know yeah, I never so, read Thor growing up I mean I mean like I, I get why the movies haven't gotten him yet but man Thor the Dark World is just awful I mean, so what's got- the problem with Thor the Dark World because most of the Marvel movies are like like you're saying like it is a well-run studio and like they all are all the Marvel movies feel like they're they're very similar. Like they have yes. a house style and so they forth. They have a house style, which honestly I'm sort of okay with. Some people don't like that. I, I like the fact that you, you like like you're never gonna get like a D minus Marvel Studios yeah. movie, you know. But it's somehow, like if you, yeah. So how so what's what is different about Thor: I The think, Dark World that makes it the lone bad one? I think part of the problem is just like every like, there is no aspect of the story that really works. You know, you you have like the dark elves are just so vaguely defined, mm-hmm. and it's sad too because Christopher Eccleston who might might actually be my favorite doctor of the modern vintage from mm-hmm, Doctor mm-hmm. Who. He's playing the main bad guy. He's just awful. Part of the problem is like they sort of bend over backwards to get Natalie Portman back into the yeah, movie, yeah. and that never really makes sense. But I, I, I think the main thing is just like the story is such a mess, mainly because I think they couldn't figure out what to do with Loki exactly. He's such an interesting character. He's a great villain. In some ways, he's a lot. He's way more interesting than Thor in is. some ways. I mean, in, in, in every way. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and like I, I my. My theory really is, because, you know, the, the movie's sort of like, if you read about it, th- th- there were a lot of reshoots. I think that Loki was in it way less, and I think they realized, like, we just gotta get Hiddleston in here. We gotta just, yeah. like, just like wedge in more scenes of Hiddleston just chewing the scenery. Because without him, there is just nothing in that movie. It's so weird, though, because, like, couldn't you say that? I mean, I... So I guess, we'll, and we'll get to this as we go through the list, like, what? so what is it that makes a Marvel movie good? Because, like, none of them have, like, crackerjack plots that really catch you off guard. Like, right. they all have some sort of 
magical MacGuffin that adjusts time or yes, whatever. Yes, There's always, well, well and, and, and in fairness, the Dark World is the absolute worst at this because it's literally just sort of like repeating from Avengers and from Thor this idea yeah. of there's a magical thing. Don't call it an infinity gem because it's an infinity, because it's an, an infinity stone. She in the literally movies. stumbles like, and this is like, again, like they all have this to some degree, but it's the most egregious. Natalie Portman, like, just by blind luck or maybe fate, just like stumbles across like the gem that Thanos is looking for, or whatever. And then, and then, and then, for some reason, she's then tied to it. And there's, yeah, and, and, well, and, and, and I think that's weird. part of it. Also, is I, I think that I think the Marvel movies that are best, the plot is so thin, but the character work is all really strong. Like, if anything, especially you know, if you look at like the Iron Man movies, the plots of those movies don't matter at all. Right. It really is just like a charm delivery system. It's Robert Downey yeah. Jr. being charming. It's Gwyneth Paltrow being. Shockingly charming, given who Gwyneth Paltrow is. In Thor, though, I think the main problem is in, in Dark World, they spend too much time on the plot, and there's so much stuff with like the Dark Elves from before time and what they want to do. And, and what they want to do is so bizarre. Like the Frost Giants were not good villains, but you understood what they wanted. They wanted mm -hmm, to conquer Asgard. Mm -hmm. What do the Dark Elves, why do they want to destroy everything? I don't remember. <laughs> I really don't. I kind of remember the climax in London. Here's two things I remember from that movie. <laughs> One is Heimdall, uh, played by Idris Elba. I've got at least one of those two names wrong. Um, taking down <laughs> I think that you invisible jet. actually nailed jet. all of them, actually. But when that he was takes down impressive. that invisible jet, uh, like from the Rainbow Bridge or whatever, that part's awesome. Yes. And then the other thing that's cool in that movie is, I mean, it's Loki, basically, but when Loki's reaction. First of all, I also think we're going to spoil all these movies. I'm yes. going to assume uh, if you're listening to my podcast ever, you have a, you've seen every Marvel movie. <laughs> um, but Loki reacting to the death of his mother, Rene Russo. Uh, I remember, you know, that scene where um, Thor comes and visits him and, like, he shatters it. And, like, Loki's keeping up pretenses via his magic trickery. Yes, but then uh, yes. he's actually quite destroyed inside. I, think, I, I really think the only the only thing to give Dark World credit for is I really think there's, like, a 15-minute short film about Loki in there, which is very strong. Mm -hmm. And just nothing else. I mean, even the fact that, like, they kill off the absolute least important character. Like, like poor, poor Rene Russo. Did she say anything in either of the Thor she, movies? In Thor 1, she's really in it. Like, is that Rene Russo? Here she does a little bit, and she gets at least a fight scene, yeah, I believe. she gets a fight scene and then gets killed immediately. But in, just, in Thor 1, she really doesn't say anything. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I really, and, and the funny thing is, like, even when you watch Thor The Dark World, you know, supposedly Joss Whedon had to do some script doctoring on it, may have actually been there for some of the reshoots. You can feel how the whole Marvel enterprise made that movie look presentable. Yeah. You know, like, like I, 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 again, no Marvel movie looks as bad as X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is just a non-movie. This, <laughs> this, one, this one does come really close to that. Thor, but even Thor 2, if that's the worst you're going to do, uh, Wolverine is worse. Uh, the both fantastic, both modern era Fantastic Four movies oh are worse. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Green Lantern's way worse. <laughs> Green Lantern is unwatchable. Yeah. Well, and again, so like and, that's the bad, the worst you're going to do. That's not so bad. Well, that's pretty good. And again, like it, it all circles back around to the best thing about Marvel Studios is their character work is really strong. I mean, like Hemsworth, I think is yeah, always Chris great. Hemsworth is great. And I Loki. think he's always yeah, he's great. Loki is great. Is I there mean, ever a chance they're going to make a, like a Loki movie? Because that's what it is, right? Like Thor two is like the subtitle should be Loki. Should should be Loki. Well, it's, it's weird because even the first and last scene of the movie is very Loki. -centric. Centric. It's Loki mm -hmm. arriving back at Asgard, talking to his father on the throne, and then by the end, he is, he is on the throne right, of Asgard. Right, right. Like, that's the story right there. Yeah, the, yeah. The story is not like not need Thor th wants to hang out with his girlfriend again. I do again. not need <laughs> Thor to be in Thor 3. Like, I'm can they just, can't they just make a Loki movie? I, you have to figure that, like, if like if and when they get to phase four or, or phase five or yeah. how, how many phases they have, 
they must get to it eventually. But see, to me, the thing to do is really just the third Thor movie. Just make Loki the bad guy. Don't bring in Dark Elves. Don't mm-hmm, bring in mm-hmm. Don't bring in Surtur or whatever. I mean, like there are a lot of other villains from Thor's Rogue Gallery. Make it a Thor and Loki movie. That's all you need. I think yeah. that would be like the best possible version of one. I of know those Loki, films. and I don't read the comics regularly. Has his own solo comic now. He does but, now. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and to his credit, probably I think, because he's the most popular, one of the most popular characters. I, I they think had, a right? lot of it comes from Tom Hiddleston because because yeah, yeah, before before he played Loki in, in, in the first Thor. I mean, like Loki, the character in comic books classically, and like I'm sure someone will, will, will correct me on this. And then there's one random comic where he was cool. He was never cool in the comics. He's mm-hmm. just sort of like a trickster guy. His outfit's weird. There's none of the sort of like uh, almost like romanticism that I, I think Hiddleston brings to it. You know, like she, and I think yeah. I think I, I think that's where the sort of fan base for Loki comes from. So yeah, we need a Loki spinoff. We don't ever need an, another movie like The Dark World. And Loki is going to be. I'm so glad you're here uh, because. I try to keep up with these comic movies, but there's so fucking much of it, quite frankly. Well, yeah, and Loki's also... going to be in Avengers 3 in 2019, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, well, so it's unclear. So I think of our... So Marvel just announced all their Phase 3 movies, and I think there's now, like, 20 superhero movies coming out mm-hmm. in the next few years. Sounds yeah, great. Sounds first great. Comes, yeah, first comes Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is going to be the third Thor movie. I think that's 2017 or 2018, maybe. But yeah, that supposedly is going to really be, like, the final act of the Asgardian tale. Um and then I assume Loki's gonna is gonna somehow be in like I mean isn't everyone gonna be in Avengers three and yeah, four? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I hope so. Anyway, I mean this sounds great. So one more thing, and then we should move on. But about that, so those five years they announced the movies through twenty nineteen, I believe through twenty nineteen, maybe yes. right. That is, so is that it? Is there or is there any chance they're gonna be like? By the way, like in 2015, they're gonna be like. By the way, we're sneaking in a Loki in 2018. That is a great question, actually, and I've always kind of wondered about that. Well, because it seems it seems like you'd want to. Like, surely they'll announce more movies over the next five yes, years, yes. right? Yes, like, it does seem totally possible. I mean, you know, it also seems, you know, like, like Marvel is doing great, but, like, it's important to remember that a lot of these, like, deep announcements can change on a dime. Like, totally. Like, this time last year, Sony was saying, we're cranking out Amazing Spider-Man 3 and 4. Right. Then Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, pleased no one. And now they're like, actually, wait a second, pulling the brakes on that, bringing up Sinister Six. So it could happen. If anything... The only thing that'll happen is Marvel announces more movies, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, probably never going to be a Black Widow movie, unfortunately, because I think that would be totally awesome. But they seem they seem not that interested in that. Surely Kevin Feige, who runs Marvel <laughs> Studios, has been like, like someone has suggested Loki movie to him. Like, the thought, it's crossed his desk yeah, at some yes, point. Yes, absolutely. I, I, well, I mean, like, I don't know. Probably doesn't, everything. Doesn't now, right? he have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. don't they theoretically have like fifty scripts, like yeah. secretly in development definitely. right now that we don't know about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost definitely. All right, so let's move on. Second worst Marvel movie. All right. Second worst Marvel movie. This is the one that I think most people now think of as being maybe the worst. Iron Man Two. Yeah, is my number nine. Man, Iron Man Two. The thing about it is, I don't even remember it. Like, I really don't remember uh, a single thing about it. Like, I think. Mickey Rourke was in it. Yes, it's it's weird because it's it's there's a lot that happens in the movie, but it's all aggressively unmemorable. Like Mickey Rourke plays a Russian mm-hmm. who's weirdly like jacked, even though yeah. he doesn't really have to be. But there's also like I, I don't know. Did, did, did you recall that Sam Rockwell is sort of sure. the main villain of the movie? He actually made an appearance, and I just watched the. Uh, the one shot that's on the Iron Man three about the Mandarin, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, which is cool. So one of there's a one. Oh God, I don't even. I like just realized what I. Although I had to explain. It's to a explain. short film spinoff. Yeah. What is that on? Is that on the Iron Man? It's 3 on disc? the Iron Man three disc. So yes. they put these one shots on, and this is probably the, some of them are not bad, and this one's actually the best one. It has fucking Ben Kingsley in yep, it, um, yep. reprising his role from Iron Man three. 
um, kind of showing what happened to that character after the events of Iron Man 3. And I thought that character is the best part of Iron Man Absolutely. 3, which we'll, we'll get to later. Um, and Sam Rockwell's a fun little cameo reminding you of his existence in the Marvel Universe. I mean, it's weird because, like, to me, what's strange... Wait a minute, wasn't he in Hulk? Or was that Tim Blake Nelson? No, that was Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, No, so, so it, it, it's weird about... Is Hulk I, on your list here? Hulk is on my okay, list. Right, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk is weirdly coming up. I don't know, I, I think that, like... The weird thing about Iron Man 2 is that that's kind of the second big important movie in the Marvel Studios universe, which is now something that everyone loves, and it is just a mess. Yeah. I mean, and there's even like this, there's the weird fact that like, you know, they sort of, go, they almost seem like they're going to do the whole Iron Man alcoholism subplot, but then they really pull back hard on that. It just seems like there were probably 20 different versions of the script that all kind of got mashed together, which usually, you know, to me, you think of that as being more of kind of like a 90s. 90s superhero movie thing, you know, like like the the the, yeah. the 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 Batman and Robins of the world, where there's like ten villains and nothing ever really happens. Were there no Marvel movies between Iron Man one and Iron Man two? The one that was between it is actually my, my uh, the next one on my list. If if, if you want to get to that, yeah, which is, is that? which is the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, which okay. which is weirdly a movie that I, I'm not going to say it's underrated. It, it says something that I had to ask if it was on your list. Well, so so, so this is of course so, so this came out the same summer as Iron Man one, also the same summer uh, as The Dark Knight, probably uh, like, 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 like th- th- that is. The also, beginning. Uh, Hellboy, and, 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 Hellboy, and Hellboy two. two. Hellboy, Hellboy two. two. My personal favorite superhero movie is still Hellboy two. Oh, I'm so honestly. glad to hear you say that. I love Hellboy two. I distinctly remember that summer, like, in, like having the extremely unpopular opinion of liking Hellboy two as much as The Dark Knight. Wow, that's see, see it, it took me a that's long time to come around to that. Actually, yeah. man, yeah, no, this is the, you. You were so ahead of the game because at the time it seemed like such a kind of larky movie Very next to The Dark opinion. Knight. I have I have rewatched Hellboy two I constantly. Hellboy 2 that so movie much. is perfect. I will be stumping for Hellboy three for the rest of my yeah, fucking life. You at this Point, yeah, and it'll, it'll never happen. But no, so Incredible Hulk. So that's like the fourth and least I mean, superhero movie. I remember movie. a lot more about Incredible Hulk than I do about Iron Man 2. What do you like remember I, about, about The Incredible Hulk? I, uh, I'd be intrigued to know if it lines Nor- up with me. I guess Edward Norton's performance, the New York stuff at the end. I remember Abomination being in it and Tim Blake Nelson, though I thought it might be Sam Rockwell moments ago. I remember him being the leader. Yes, he's he's the leader, although it, it, it's so weirdly just kind of like winked at. Like nothing ever really happens with yeah. it. You just, like he gets doused in chemicals and you briefly it's, see it's his, hinted his at brain for the expanding. Never, we're never going to see. Yes, yes. And I, I guess I thought that uh, I, you know, I remember the whole like Edward Norton kind of being pulled back into things. Look, it's not like I remember a lot of it. I don't really remember it very well, but like I am seriously stumped to tell you what the like primary plot of Iron Man was. Exactly. I mean, like the one thing Iron Man, I, uh, uh, the plot of Iron Man too. The sorry. one thing I think that like I'm going to say for Incredible Hulk is so it, it, was, it was it was made by this guy Louis Leterrier, who more recently made Now You See Me, the magician uh, heist movie. Yeah. Highly underrated film, I, I might add. Quite quite a treasure. Um, it just get like like the look of it is very cool. Like it it, it is all very kind of. Great green tinted because of the Hulk. There's this whole kind of cool opening scene where Ed Norton is working somewhere right. in South yeah, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an awesome sort of like, you know, shadowy action sequence. Is, Ma- is Black, well, who's the one, oh no, that thing of Avengers when Black Widow comes and tells yeah, him. Yeah, no, yeah, no, so, I'm so, thinking of that scene in Avengers. The, the, the weird thing about Incredible Hulk is like, it's the one Marvel movie where every single person is miscast. Like, Ed Norton oh, just yeah. is not quite right for the part. Liv Tyler is just stranded, huh. sort of like off in the middle of nowhere. But I will say, man, um, oh God, who, who who, who plays the villain? Tim Roth, who plays the villain, is pretty awesome. Yeah, like yeah. if they could reintroduce him as some other villain at some point into the Marvel mythos, I would. I would very much support that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. It's interesting. Like, so are they ever going to make a Hulk solo movie? It seems unlikely, right? They seem like he's like Black Widow. He's like a yeah. B I character. think. I think you know. It's something. It's something that happens in Marvel comics, of course, where like you know they kind of realize there are some characters who are only good when they're on a team. Uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. like. W- w- 
weirdly enough, the classic example of that used to be Hawkeye. Now, of course, Matt Fraction is writing mm-hmm. the best superhero comic book. You read over there. Yeah, I mean, like we could we we could happily just talk about Hawkeye for the rest for, uh, for the rest of this of this show. Um, but I think that like Kevin Feige and everyone has kind of figured out like the Hulk is a great like bench player. We have Ruffalo. He's a great actor. We're guaranteed an awesome Hulk action scene in every mm. Avengers movie. Maybe that's all we need. Because mm. I, th- I think the main issue with Hulk, and weirdly, um, I sort of have a certain amount of respect for the for the Ang Lee version back in the day with yeah, Eric yeah, Bana, yeah. which is I a very too. weird movie. Not not fun by any means. Which the is ending you, is so fucking weird. The it's ending by far is the, so it's one bonkers. of the weirdest endings in a otherwise. Uh, Regu- you know, n- normal, completely graspable. Oh my god! Yeah, like, like it, you know, normal movie. It feels like it goes from being like like, like a popcorn movie to being like like an avant garde yeah, film. The, it's what one of the last again? weirdest two percent of a movie. What ever. happens again? Like, like Nick Nolte becomes a giant ball of energy. Is yeah, that? <laughs> I think Nick, Nor- Nick Nolte maybe becomes absorbing man in some way. I remember oh, he like absorbs the great, and, oh, like a great that's beneath him. But then they like fight in a way that's like. Very like Greek mythology, like gods kind of yes, clashing, yes. and then it's like it's very abstract. No, it's, what happens it's after so that? It's so strange, and like, and I, I, I think to its credit, one thing that Marvel Studios never does is they're never strange or weird. I think they've really figured out how to yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. create stuff for the public, which in some ways is frustrating. But I, I think every Hulk movie has the same problem, where like the main character Bruce Banner, his only real character arc is I don't want to become the Hulk. I don't want to become the Hulk. And you, as a moviegoer, are just like become the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. You, you I, didn't, I didn't come here to see like you know a an, an intelligent looking actor furrow his brow for two hours. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting seeing the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like reconfiguring who the pantheon of Marvel is. Yes. Because now uh, Guardians, which I'm sure we'll get to later, like Star Lord is like a more pot like is significantly well more known and probably will be for a very long time, if not forever, than like Mister Fantastic. Oh my you know? god! Like, oh my god! I Mr. mean, like, like Mister Fantastic and the Fantastic Four, like you know, the first family of comics and, like, kind of the big bang for, like, pretty much modern comics and Marvel comics. But um, Star-Lord, this character who's, like, I had never heard of two years ago, um, is... Kind of more is significantly. More oh my god! Well, let's talk Guardians. about the fact that that Groot is now more popular than anyone on the Fantastic. Like Four. all of them are. So like <laughs> Hulk, you know, it used to be like, oh, like if Marvel's making movies, like Hulk, they got to be making Hulk movies. But I don't know if that's the case anymore. No, you know? now if anything, it's more like, oh yeah, there, there's Ruffalo, there's Hulk. Always fun to see him. But let's get back to Black Widow. Yeah. What, what's going on with Black Widow? Yeah, a character yeah, yeah. nobody cared about before 2008. But Black Widow at least existed. Like Star Lord and Groot. Like I know Groot goes back to the 60s in like some Jack Kirby way, but yes. like. Only the like neck beardiest of neck beards who it was like more than like a year or two ago. You know, like he is an extremely obscure character. But now he's like famous in a way that like I know people like Mr. Fantastic still iconic in his own right and that comic always will be, but like I mean, in a just like in a global way, like oh, yeah. a global awareness way that like you just can't compare him. And like Hulk is like not as important in that no, way as he yeah, used to yeah. be. Ask ask a random person on the street. Their most popular green person is now probably Gamora versus yeah. Hulk. Which again, yeah, it's it, it is so crazy how the cinematic universe has just sort of rewritten that a little bit. Poor poor Fantastic Four. Well, that's a controversy <laughs> that I believe we've talked about in this show before. Oh I think right, it's the whole kind of like like Marvel comics is now kind of scotching uh, like the, the, the FF and the X Men yeah. and all that stuff, which is oh. like. Man. The conspiracy theory is that like Marvel Comics is like kind of um, dampering the importance of those characters um, that they don't know the cinematic rights to. And I, I actually hesitate to call it a conspiracy theory because like 
if they're not doing that, that's almost a conspiracy theory. Like, of course they're doing yes, that. Like, yes. why wouldn't they? Why be doing wouldn't that? this like, make? Why would this major corporation doing. like decide we're going to help put money in an enemy corporation's pockets? And I again, mean, I don't read the comics um, regularly. Like, I have that Hawkeye graphic novel over there, but like, you know, I that's like comics that are a year old or whatever yes, in there. Yes. Um, so I'm not keeping up them regularly. But my understanding is that like in the big Marvel crossover event this year, like. The kind of main players were like Winter Soldier, Rocket Raccoon, Gamora, um, you know, oh, yeah. uh, they have, they Doctor have, Strange. They, and they like, have they have promoted the kind of like cinematic universe characters quite a bit, and I mean, like you know, Marvel Comics will say that that's just co- that that's just coincidence. I mean, I, I, who knows, really? You should read actually, though. Uh, Matt Fraction did a run. It wasn't Fantastic Four. It was a spinoff called FF. Uh-huh. Which, it was very sort of like Kirby-ish. There was a uh, like like I think I think Michael Allred did the uh, illustrations. Oh, I like him. It's very cool, but, but it is one of those comics where you read it and you're just like, it's almost fun because you're like, there's no way this could ever be a movie. It's only you know these C and D list characters sort of brought out of out of oblivion and given these incredible adventures that could never be turned into a, a two hour long film. Highly recommend that. I'll check that out. Yeah. I, like, I love Mike. I like Mike Fraction, but I love Mike. Yeah, Mike. them two know. together are like like two great tastes that yeah. uh, go great together. I mean, I, I don't mind. Like, it doesn't bother me that. It's like kind of like it's sad. Like I love characters like Spider Spider Man. If you've ever heard of him, I like the character Spider Man. Spider Man. But like, I don't know. It's not like. It's it's all it's all good. It's all well, good. And I mean, you know, again, we're talking about Marvel Studios here. Well, let's give them credit. There was a time when they said we're going to make a cinematic universe out of Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man, and everyone was all like, "Oh, please!" Like, you yeah. know, you're trying to make a universe out of them. You, you know, you know, you you wish Man. you had Spider Man and X Men and Fantastic Four, and now six years later, it's like, well, like they did it. They made. They're working on their third Thor movie now, which yeah. totally boggles my mind. All right, so let's keep moving down this list. All I right. feel like we're we're about to turn a corner. Yes. To like into some some quality ones. We're getting into well, not quite yet. So okay. number seven is Thor. Now oh, I like Thor. This is a movie. I think the first twenty minutes of it is so fun. What I think the first twenty minutes. Well, that's when that's when Kenneth Branagh is really doing his kind of galaxy building. You know, uh, you get a lot of kind of him doing his Shakespeare thing with Asgard, and like the music is is really like kind of loud and trumpeting, and you know Thor goes and fights the frost giants, and that's all great. My issue with Thor one is then he goes to like Albuquerque. Turkey or yeah. Phoenix or wherever he lands. Back lot city, USA. And nothing happens for the next hour. It is oh a weird movie. God. It's like, it's very, uh, it's it's almost like the indie movie of Marvel Studios movies. Because yes. it's like, it's kind of small and like, yes, it's very it's, like fish out of water and he's like trying to adjust. That's that's a great way of putting it. No, like it really does feel like the first and the last like, you know, 20 minutes of the movie is this sort of epic, you know, kind of trying to be Lord of the Ringsy fantasy. Yeah. And then, yeah, right in the middle is like, you know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, like living in oblivion or stranger than paradise. Like Thor, Thor goes to a small town and just hangs out with the locals and has some has some minor shenanigan full adventures. I still like that movie. And I think it's like funny, like the part when he like drinks at the bar and and then like throws the mug on the ground and smashes it and demands another. That always makes me laugh. I think a lot of it's you know uh, we talked about Loki last time and how good Loki is and yep. obviously that's true. But like Chris Hemsworth, uh, he's I like he, he's carrying a lot of the load he there. Is, he is Thor. He was I like genetically bred to play Thor. I think Thor. that like it's weird because I like the Thor movies the least of of, of all the kind of Marvel uh-huh. franchises. But I think he is by far he is the superhero. You know he mm-hmm. looks like him. Yeah. He totally captures what makes him sort of very heroic, but also kind of a jerk and kind of a jock. Yeah. And I, I think he really brings some to the table. My other main thing is, and I've been trying to know what you think about this, with one exception, which I'll get to later, I think S.H.I.E.L.D. is the absolute worst part of all the Marvel movies. 
They're just this sort of uh, bland, like, you know, wait. generally heroic government agency. And so much of the middle of Thor is him, like, fighting S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Yeah, I do remember that part. Yeah. Shield really starts to become its own thing in Thor. You yes, know? that's when you get like 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 Phil Coulson and he's kind of leading the sort of like charge yeah. out in the desert. And there's just a lot of and God, there's poor Jeremy Renner. This is the beginning of Renner being screwed over in these yeah. movies. His cameo as Hawkeye yeah. looks like it was filmed like uh, I don't know on some like diorama totally. set a he's million like, miles just on a crane away. like firing arrows from like some <laughs> some like cherry picker. I really hope he gets something to do in Avengers too because he is oh, in, there man. is there is a character who has not been well served no, by the movies. No. But <laughs> I mean, all right, so... Uh, now, let's get into this. So, so number six, this is actually a movie that like I've thought a lot about. Cause the, okay. fir- the first time I saw it, I didn't really like it, but in hindsight, I find there's so much of it I enjoy. So Iron Man 3, uh-huh. third Iron Man movie. I'm, glad, first... I, I'm excited to talk about this, because I actually just watched it Oh, you again. did? Oh, okay, so yeah. Um, I, I see... saw it in theaters, but I and I didn't like it, and I just watched it again. Okay, so, so I, I'd be interested to know what your experience was, because my experience of it was, you go in... You don't quite know how to take the movie, you know, like it's not really the end of a trilogy or anything like that. You know, like uh-huh, like uh-huh. by comparison to Dark Knight Rises, it's clearly like this is the conclusion of the story and this is the end of this. Iron Man 3 like seems like it's going there, but it's not really. And then the character who you think is the villain is not the villain at yeah. all. And some of it feels just very kind of raggedy to me, but. What I like about it is it almost feels a little bit like it's kind of a bit of a parody of Christopher Nolan movies. Oh. Is that because I, so, so okay because because the Mandarin when you when you first meet him, he's this sort of like he's a very kind of Razal Ghuli type character, you know? He's this sort of, you know, vaguely terroristic, vaguely anarchistic. Very what came, came out first, Iron Man 3? So or? weirdly Dark Knight Rises came out a year before uh-huh. Iron Man 3. So That's like- so on like one two hand, two years ago, and I can't remember. Yeah, so, so so on one hand, there's no way that they literally were like, we're gonna make this a yeah. parody of Bane, but it sort of feels like that. a parody of that. Bane, yeah, yeah. right down to the fact that like he has one of those accents that's so that's so popular in yeah. superhero movies where it's like a non-accent. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and so and so as a result of that, like the scene where the Mandarin reveal happens, spoiler alert, I guess, where you find out that like he's just like a, a funny British actor. I think that is kind of awesome. That part's you know? awesome. It's really the only part of the movie I like, though. I gotta say, the other thing I, I one thing I will say about it too, though, is like so. So Shane Black, who kind of directed it and, and wrote it, who of course did Lethal Weapon back in the day, weirdly came up with, you know, for a guy who's such a dialogue guy, came up with one of the better action scenes in, in the whole franchise, which is when he's saving the people from yeah, the airplane. Yeah, that part's cool, sorry. That part's like really that part cool. Too. I mean, like, it's sort of a mess of a movie, but unlike Iron Man 2, it's a fun mess, I guess. Does yeah. that, I don't know. Does, does, does that make sense? Like, it's definitely better of... than Iron Man 2. I think we can agree on that. I didn't like it even rewatching it. I was just like, nope, not for me. Here's what, I mean, I don't like the Moppet, the kid. I don't like the kid. Yes, he is he is really annoying. I mean, the, the, I mean the two big problems are one, um, who is the villain in that? I can't remember. Okay, well, it winds, up, Pierce, it winds right? up being Guy Pierce, and there's a whole weird scene where he says, I was the Mandarin all along. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, you, you never were. You, yeah. You're just, you're just an evil business guy. Guy Pierce is kind of <laughs> not a great villain. And then the other thing that really bothers me about that movie, I think I've said this on the show before too, but the ending of that movie is like, Iron Man's beaten. He's down and out. And then they're, and then Iron Man's like, one thing you didn't count on, my previously unmentioned army of 50 <laughs> autonomous Iron Men, you know? And it's like, 
No, that's but, 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 but again, this is where and again, this is where it's, it's almost like such a, an, an example of a Marvel movie where like, yeah, there's the deus ex machina. But then also at the end, suddenly he's like, oh, you know what? A central aspect of my character has been the fact that medical science can't cure my whole heart uh-huh. thing. But wait a second. Now medical science can. The yeah, end. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, also, yeah, Gwyneth seems- Paltrow getting magic. Extremist getting powers. magic, getting extremist powers, and then just being cured of them almost immediately. Yeah, I there's think. A, it's really cheap. It's one of those things um, where it tries to have its cake and eat its too, where they kill off Gwen Paltrow, but then like a minute later, she actually just has superpowers. That's or whatever. a big problem in, in a lot of these movies too. Is the sort of fake out death? Because yeah. let's see, let's see. It also happened in Thor: The Dark World, Guardians. where they they kill Loki. Yes. Oh my God! It definitely happened. Guardians in, in is probably Guardians. the most egregious yeah. example of it. Again, like as stories, it's so, like. I, I, I don't think any of the Marvel movies are perfect. It's really so much more about like you know the the banter. It, almost they're, they're almost more like sitcoms in a way, or at least certainly the Iron Man movies are, are way more yeah, like sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. And this is this would be like like a B plus episode of an Iron Man sitcom. Yeah, I mean, look, I should say with all these movies, I'll see as many movies as Marvel wants to put out there. Sure. They probably have to release five bad movies in a row for me to like yes. not be seeing everyone op- opening because I didn't like Iron Man 3 and I didn't like Thor 2 and I was starting to worry about the whole uh, Fran- the whole operation frankly but then I loved I'm sure I know we're getting to it Captain America 2 and oh, like yeah, and Guardians of course after that and now I'm like oh, wait, I, if you can't tell I'm way back on board all I'm saying is like as much just keep in mind whenever I say like oh, I didn't like that or I didn't like any part of the movie I like all these fucking I watched yeah. it twice I watched well, it twice well, and I think that's why Marvel Studios is so interesting is that like I think to, to a certain extent much like with a TV show you like we're now willing to accept like okay well this this movie was not so great this is not kind of lessening my overall kind of um, belief in the fact that this franchise can create good things yeah 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 on that note so, so oh, I, you're so good at these transitions well well hey be listen I've I uh, you know all those <laughs> all, all those all those all those years of uh, talking Breaking Bad with you has clearly uh, rubbed off on me. So number five, the flip over point. This might be something that people find a little controversial only because I think people t- tend to look at the first Iron Man as being one of the best ones. So first Iron, Iron Man, Man 1. Iron Man 1. So I think on one hand you gotta give it, 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 to a certain extent Iron Man 1 gets the sort of Star Wars versus Empire Strikes Back credit of like Star Wars invented yeah, everything yeah, yeah. and Iron Man really did invent everything. Yep, yep, I yep. think you gotta the give tone. credit. The tone. I think you give so much credit to John Favreau for yeah. really making a fun, light superhero movie, which really, I mean, I mean b- before Iron Man, Spider-Man 2 kind of had that, but even Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man was very much... has, like, super operatic. Totally, like, yeah. yeah I mean, there's that part where they all pass... Is that Spider-Man 2? That's Spider-Man they, 2. They, they all pass, pass him Spider-Man down the train in, in, in the, the Christ. Cross. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, as if he is he, he is on a cross. Yeah, I mean, like, Iron Man, I, I think more than anything, it's so totally kind of brought the genre down to earth in a really fun way. Yeah. Downey is great. Yep. Um, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is great. Two big issues it here. It also has that thing of, like, casting, instead of, like, casting necessarily the most famous person, casting smart instead of, yes. like, big, you know, and just, like... I just think that, like, I, I, I think casting Downey as Iron Man has to be, like, one of the ten best casting decisions of the last like half like half century yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of, of movies. I mean, you people know? forget that he was like sort of you know people would, they wouldn't insure him and so forth. This was his and comeback. Was kind of yeah, like, yeah, no, he was coming back from a really long time away, and I, I just think he's so good. I think that it, 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 it's funny how he has now almost kind of become Tony Stark, and Tony Stark has become him again. You know, we were talking about this earlier with with comic book characters going into movies. Tony Stark before Robert Downey Jr. not that interesting of a character, kind of a loser actually. You are kind never a, going to draw him without a goatee. Uh, ever you, again. You know, 
he'll be exactly, he's got the goatee well, for the rest and, of his and, life. Give him credit. How crazy is his facial hair? Yeah, it's as, weird. I mean, I mean, like no one else could pull it off. Yeah. It's such a kind of comic booky thing. My the the two reasons why I, I sort of rate this somewhat low are the whole origin sequence. I think takes forever. It's like this fifteen yeah. minute drag on an otherwise light movie. Yeah, and it also has the problem of like and, and it's got this, that cool part though. It is pretty satisfying. One of the Iron Man's origin is like certainly less well trodden than say Superman. Like I remember Man of Steel starts and like they're like oh Krypton's gonna blow up and they're like Krypton won't blow up. I'm like oh get on with it Krypton's, already guys. Krypton's definitely gonna yeah. blow up. Whereas the guys. Iron Man <laughs> origin is way less well trodden you know. Yes um, yes and I think they do cool stuff with it. I mean like just the image of him in his first yeah, when Iron he breaks Man out with that Iron Man really suit good. It's, re- it's very That's all really good. I, I think the other issue I have with it though is and, and this honestly runs across all the Marvel movies besides maybe Avengers not good villains in any of these movies. Yeah I mean, yeah, like, yeah I believe you've written about this true? I, yes I, I, I have and like I, I I, I only kind of like rag on it so much because if they could ever have like a great Joker level villain, then they would really just hit a whole new gear. Like, like Jeff Bridges in Iron Man is just sort of like evil, evil business guy, like totally. four fifty seven. You know, the one exception is Loki, right? Loki is the one exception, and they don't know what to do with him. Yeah, they keep yeah. on kind of like, is he a hero? Is he is he misunderstood? Like, <laughs> I mean, let's look, uh, looking at that list. Who, I mean, who are the great villains of the Marvel universe? It's not Ronan from Guardians. It's not. No, I mean, like, okay, well, let's Loki. See. Loki is obviously number one, and and so. We're talking only the kind of characters that Marvel Studios has because yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like unfortunately, Spider-Man has almost all the good villains. I mean, yeah, like, I guess uh, that's true. You know, like, like you do have you do have like the Red Skull, and like I think what they did with him in that movie is sort of interesting. Although, again, that's that's kind of a character you could argue even in the comics kind of had his peak seventy years ago. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always weird kind of wedging him into anything that's happened after mm-hmm. World War II. Um, I mean, again, like I do like. Um you know, again, looking ahead a little, I do like uh, Armin Zola, the Toby Huss character. Oh, the he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, okay, okay, wait, really yeah, yeah, we got to get to that right, soon. Right. Okay, so so n- n- number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun movie. Uh, it's funny, uh, just a few days ago, I, I got to interview James Gunn, the Tell writer-director of it, it. Even though I already read the article. He, so, so first of all, uh, I think he is so interesting. I mean, like one thing he talked a lot about was the fact that, you know, he's a guy who is like a cult filmmaker before mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Slither is great. God, I fucking Super, love Slither. Slither is so fucking awesome. People don't understand that the guy that made Guardians of the Galaxy made a movie with Nathan Fillion, the guy from Firefly, like, it must be a 10-year-old mm-hmm. movie by mm-hmm. now, right? Seven or eight years old. I think old. it's like, yeah, like like nine or ten years old now. And it's fucking awesome. Oh, Why don't people so understand good. that? Well, it's, it's so good. It's great because I mean, like, it's such a unique kind of cult movie to me where, like, it, it's it, it's sort of, you know, it, it's not dark at all. It's gross and weird and scary. Gross. But it's very fun and yeah. very kind of light on its feet. Fillion's great. And then yep. um, Elizabeth Banks is 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 the is the actress in that And movie of course, also, Michael right? Rooker. Michael Rooker is so good. No, I, I, I think everyone who even like kind of kind of vaguely liked Guardians should definitely like rent Slither immediately. I love Slither so now, much. One thing he talked about uh, was the fact that you know, I mean, so often when a guy like that gets a superhero movie or a big movie, there's really the sense of okay, like you know. What 50% of this is going to be me, crazy director, doing my thing, and what 50% is the kind of corporate side? And, you know, what he said, and I, I really believe this, is he wanted it to be a 100% a James Gunn movie and 100% a Marvel movie. And I think that really comes through, yeah. you know? It's very cool. So, for loose. people that don't know James Gunn, like, what ma- what are the elements of it that make it a James know, Gunn movie? I, I think that, like, you know, there's a certain mixture of kind of, like, you know, light, bantery, almost kind of, like, improv like, in the face of, like, the cosmic and the extreme and the gross. I mean, like, any of the scenes where you just kind of have, like, 
this, you know, anthropomorphic raccoon arguing with this alien here. Like, that just feels very James Gunn-like to me. I think a, a lot of the visuals in the movie are really kind of compelling in a way that Marvel has never achieved in like, any other movie. Like, what's one of those? Uh, okay, um, the, uh, the head of the dead celestial, uh, Nowhere, cool. is really great. I, I think really just the whole kind of uh, colorful look of the movie. Yeah, it's, it's got the most so, unique look of any. I mean, also because it takes place entirely off the planet yeah, and so yeah, forth. Exactly. But, like, but, 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 I mean, you know, you think about, like, how kind of dark and, mono, and monochrome a lot of blockbusters are now. You know, like, the, the, the Nolan movies, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, there's so mm-hmm. much kind of post-apocalypse. And one thing that Gunn told me was he really wanted to bring it back to almost a kind of pre-Star Wars 1950s B-movie science fiction. You Which know? is very, You're, like, Kirby-ish and very, like, very 60s Kirby-ish. comic in the first no, place. Very Kirby-ish. I mean, like, it, it just feels like, you know, uh, I grew up reading some of the cosmic uh, comic books, and, like, th- they're all crazy and out there, and some of them are just strange. I mean, like, these are the comics that, are, that were being written in the 60s and 70s. A lot of the writers were on LSD while they were coming up with this mm-hmm. stuff, um, and I, I feel like I feel like it really kind of taps into that. My one jag on Guardians of the Galaxy, and weirdly, why I'm more excited about the second one is you do you do feel like this is really. Like, this is, like, the Avengers formula. This is sort of, like, team of misfits are coming together. The kind of final action sequence, I think, is sort of just another. This is, this is I think, the third Marvel movie where there's ships attacking a city from the sky. Yeah. And really, again, my main thing is, uh, Ronan the Accuser is just not a good or compelling villain at all. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, but you got Thanos in there, and oh, again, it's just like that thing. Like, it gets a lot of credit for me. Like, those are characters I knew nothing about. I'm vaguely aware of the existence of Rocket Raccoon. Um, so, like, for me, like, a lot of the fun is just, like, seeing new... It's almost like absolutely, a new absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Like, in Drax? I think Drax, for me, really, really stole yeah, the movie. I mean, like, yeah. full credit to, to Dave Bautista, who looks like he could, like, tear both of us apart with, like, you know, two mm-hmm, fingers. Mm-hmm. He is, like, so good in the movie. I don't know. I, 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 I really felt like watching that, it just felt like... These characters are so great. They're in a sort of not that interesting adventure, but I cannot wait to see these characters again, hopefully in a movie that is going to be even more sort of like straight from the brain of James Gunn. I mean, it sets up a lot of plot threads for... Yes. Okay. Part and two and part three and beyond. This is, this is my other like like and and Marvel is is usually better about this. Like the absolute worst franchise at this is the Amazing Spider-Man Definitely. franchise, yep, where like I know. <laughs> you, you cannot set up a mystery at the beginning of a movie. Like in in this case, who is uh, Star Lord's father? And then at the end, just say like, oh yeah, like well we'll 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 sure we'll sure have fun solving that in, in one of our next adventures. Like I find that so frustrating. That is annoying, but the Amazing Spider-Man franchise does it way worse because it's oh, not like God. in in um, Guardians, like it's just hinted at and like Rocket Raccoon there's like probably five lines of dialogue about this total in the movie about like where he's from and how his origins are mysterious yes. and how he doesn't know what a raccoon is like yes. so there's like it's it's all background there's less than 10 lines about it in the movie I'd say you know it's like way in there it's, you can't miss it but like but whereas in Amazing Spider-Man, like the first fifteen minutes of the movie is like Mary and Richard Parker, Mary or maybe and their Richard names, Parker, on like their oh, own spy adventure. I mean, the first one is really terrible at this. The first one has like. You know, the first act of the movie is just like, what are my parents doing? It's just not paid off at all it's because it's, left, it's just left for future it's sequels. It's so crazy. The, the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies uh, are, are so crazy because both movies' trailers actually feature the last shot of both movies. Because the trailer for Amazing Spider-Man 1 has the scene where the shadowy guy is in the prison cell talking to the lizard saying, like, did he find out about his parents? Boy, I forgot all about oh, that. Man. <laughs> I mean, 
keep in mind, there have been two amazing Spider-Man movies, and we still don't know who that shadowy man is. Yeah, like those yeah. those movies are fucking terrible. It seems like a, a really <laughs> classic example of like looking at the wrong thing, being yes. like, what makes this successful, and like not figuring it out at yes. all. Yes, mystery mysteries <laughs> that actually aren't mysteries; they're just sort of willfully opaque plot points. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, and again, we're saying this, but like, just to, to your point, Guardians doesn't do it that badly. Yeah, not at all. But there is still the slight quality of like, all right, like it feels like this could have been a slightly more complete story and instead I mean to its credit it's basically like uh, um, one of my colleagues uh, Mark Harris sort of made this point that a lot of movies now are almost kind of like pilot episodes for franchises oh uh, that's interesting and I think this is like this is a great like pilot movie you know it really you get is everyone all together at the end you're just like I want to see these characters go off on 15 more adventures now you I know? mean it probably this has been observed before but like it is was probably the most important movie they made since Iron Man and that like it established this tone of like what else they can do with completely unpopular characters. Oh my god, like and the music I think is 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 so great in the movie. Right. And, 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 and yeah, like, like to your point now it feels like they can really do they can do in humans. Yeah. You know, they can do like Captain Marvel. They also do... like they want to make an Avengers movie and like Chris Hemsworth is not into the idea anymore. Like it's not impossible <laughs> to imagine like plugging in Chris Pratt. Yep, you know? Yep, like yep. they they're kinda of, like it's you can see them developing a bench and like I am, you know, and it's and it's an exciting bench. Absolutely, I, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, to me, the great success of Guardians really is really is Marvel being like, look at this. We can do something that like feels very different from our usual stuff, even if it still kind of basically has the structure of our usual yeah, stuff. It feels different, it but can be, also of a piece. You yes, know? exactly. So I think I think God, it's great. Good. I only saw it once. I'm, I'm excited. I, I, it's coming out in a week or two. I'm excited. Yeah, I want to I want to watch it again because like uh, you know, just like in, in talking to James Gunn and sort of like you know, like going back and looking over the movie a little bit. Like I think I think I. I I may promote it sometime, but now we're getting into the top three, and these are the three that I really think are, like, the strongest as actual movies, uh-huh. you know? I sort of feel like uh, with Marvel movies, and really with Lockers movies in general now, there's two ways to look at them. One way is, is this a movie? Does it stand on its own? Mm-hmm. You know, like, because that's what movies used to do before franchises. But, you know, to, to, to its credit, part of it has to also be, you know, how does this stand with the franchise? How does, like, you know, move the characters forward? To me, what, what I really value is, is this a full movie? Does that have a beginning, middle, mm-hmm. and end? Is there a journey? And these are the three that do that. So number three, a movie that should not have worked and a movie that worked so well is The Avengers. Mm. I mean, I just think like, you think about when they announced this, when Joss Whedon came on board, it's this movie that's gonna merge together three different franchises, three different characters, three such different tones. I mean, like Iron Four, Man. right? And, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and also and, Hulk. And, and also Hulk, yes, and totally. Other, and also other pieces, So I mean, I mean like, like, like functionally, what you have there is like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde, science fiction, you know, like Captain America, you know, patriotism and Thor, you know, like fantasy and like and also know, outer Black space. Widow and Hawkeye, like introducing new yes, characters. And like, I just think that like, you know, uh, the movie totally has its sort of like, you know, messy parts. How could it not? But like the middle, the middle of this movie when they're on like the shield helicarrier, there's that great scene where they're all arguing and mm-hmm. the action sequence is so well done. Just so many. I mean, the fact that like Joss Whedon really makes Loki into such a great villain, you know, like some of the lines he gets like. Like, yeah. Of course, you know everyone always talks about this, but the line "Mewling Quim" was in an <laughs> Avengers movie. Like, I just think it's so compelling as a sort of like character yeah. movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's great, and I think like I remember before it came out, even knowing Joss Whedon, loving Joss Whedon, and having confidence in him, just thinking like how impossible it would seem to make a movie with all those characters in it. I still feel that way about Avengers too, because yes. you got to do all that. Plus, you also got, now you were introducing more characters, uh, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Vision, maybe? Vision, maybe, uh, Ultron. yes. Ultron, 
Um, and maybe I don't know. Probably someone else. Maybe, don't for, don't maybe. forget about Claw. Don't forget about Claw. Who's Future, Claw? Uh, he's so uh, you can see him very briefly in the trailer. He's going to be played by Andy Serkis. Supposedly he's going to be Andy Serkis. Supposedly he'll be the, the villain in Black Panther. Who is Claw? Okay, so in my memory, I believe Claw started out as a Black Panther villain, and all I remember about him is that he has some sort of sonic power. So make of cool. make of that what you will. It I mean, sounds, I'm an Andy Serkis. Like, guess I, what? I'm excited to see Andy Serkis actually be in a Movie. It's always fun whenever you describe something that's going to happen in like a Marvel movie four years from now because it's like, hey, d- you know, does that sound goofy? Guess what? Like in four years, that's going to be one of the most popular characters. Yeah. In- <laughs> so the thing is, like, I think people often with Avengers think I've seen people say this about these other movies that like now it's hard to make Thor because it's hard to make a Thor movie without like all of his friends in it. And I think people like give think it's easier. For some reason, they think it's easier to make the movie with all that's those characters so, in it. That's so crazy And I think me. Avengers isn't good because all the characters are in it. It's good despite the fact all the characters are in it, which makes me wonder how they're going to do it again no, for I, Avengers I, 2. And I wouldn't bet against Joss Whedon and all the and Kevin Feige and all these Marvel people, but, it, man, it really seems like it's it's going to be hard. I think, I mean, like, like, I think the, the way you, you just said it really sums up why this movie is good. Is that, yeah, I mean, like, you know, there's so many ways in which this could have been awful, you know, flat-out terrible. And the fact that, to me, it just feels very light on its feet and the yeah. fact that I really think that Whedon in a way that a lot of people who come from television to movies can't do he really brings everything that defined his TV career but then like I don't know does give it a real kind of epic sweep and like you're so kind of you're so invested in these characters hanging out together and you're very aware of the fact that like somehow he's found a way to have Thor and Iron Man talk to each other in a mm-hmm. way that is really fun and really interesting and I don't know there's there, there's a lot to like about it I I, I think the fact that you know again to his credit, I, I think Whedon took a couple characters who hadn't necessarily been introduced as well. Like, I, I mean, Black Widow in Iron Man 2 is just a non-character. And the fact that he really makes her into mm-hmm. a, like almost a more important Avenger than Thor in some ways. Mm-hmm, insofar mm-hmm. as like she's in more of the movie than, than Thor. There's just a lot to like about the movie that I think it's so easy to, you know, to kind of look at it and say, well, okay, you know, they made a fun adventure with all of them. You know, that's simple. It's not simple. That must have been like, I would love to know how yeah, many iterations of it totally. that they went through. It just feels like the tone that they ultimately captured was, was so on point. Lots of cool, like, I mean, it's so full. It's crazy that movie's only two hours. It's, that is not like a four-hour movie. Yes. Like, I feel like if I made a list of all the things that are in that movie, it would sound like a four-hour movie. And like, it's because it's so dense. Like, in that last fight team, you see them, like, teaming up a little, and you see, like, Captain America, like, kind of, you know, reflecting the Iron Man blaster. Oh, my and, God, like, yes. Who is it? I think, like, Hulk, like, drives a spike into something, and then, like, Thor hits it with the hammer and yes. lightnings it or whatever. Yes. So, like, even in these, like, little moments, they're, like, telling a little bit of story. Oh, and, my like, God, totally. Well, and, and I just think it's funny. Like, like I'm honestly getting chills sort mm, of, like, too, like, yeah, like yeah. You, you, you're talking about that now. This is the movie out of all of these that I remember just watching it and having a smile on my yeah, face yeah. for 90 minutes straight. And, like, you know, there's the one shot during that last fight scene of Thor and Captain America fighting alongside of each other. It's in kind of slow motion. Like, just, to me, that is really like, that is a comic book sort of perfectly translated to the big screen in a way that like adds so much and really brings a lot of uniquely kind of cinematic qualities to it. I don't know. I just, I, I, I mean, I'm so intrigued to see what happens next because, you know, sometimes superhero sequels are better and sometimes mm. they, sometimes they're Iron Man 2 or Thor 2. Like, I mean, you know. Avengers 1 was an unprecedented movie and I think that makes Avengers 2 unprecedented in totally. its own way too and so like it's really I mean 
you know, Doctor Strange, probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> uh, what else? Captain America 3, probably going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little, even though that's kind of got its own weird format now, and that it's like Captain America 3 slash Iron slash Man. Slash Iron Man 4, 4 slash Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the movie. <laughs> but, so, like, that's got its own thing. But, you know, like, it, Avengers 2 is its own, I don't know, and that, and... But, you know, based on what they did in the first, I wouldn't bet against uh, Totally, Jocelyn totally. Crow. Well, and, and like, on top of everything else, they have James Spader as hopefully maybe an actual good villain in a oh, Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think that's going to really sort of, like, I don't know. I, I'm excited for that. But now we got to get into the All fact right. that, and this is where I show my true colors. Yeah, because I love the Captain America movies. Not like, my favorite. The fir- I mean, so that's it. I, lo- I love the second. I would also put the second at the top of this list. But the first Captain America was not my favorite. You don't like, okay, Are you so, putting Captain America 1 at number 2? Captain America. America one is my number two. Okay. So here's here's my pitch on it because yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, I mean, like uh, th- this is the one where I think I- I've had the most vehement disagreements about with all my other sort of like you know nerdy Marvel focused friends. What I love about the first Captain America is it is the one movie out of all of these that is like a complete story. Mm-hmm. I feel like the fact that it makes because so many other superhero movies the origin is the most kind of boring part, mm-hmm. and here like somehow they really somehow they make thin Chris. Evans works so well and mm-hmm. you, you so kind of understand that like even though he does become jacked up Chris Evans in the latter part of the movie you're so aware of the fact that like he is this sort of like kind of like kind of innocent but heroic like sad l- l- little man who somehow now is inside of like the body of a gigantic Frankenstein man and I-, I think that like that character is so compelling I think that Haley Atwell is the best of any of the kind of like you know love interests sure, in all I mean, these movies I think Marvel agrees because they're giving her own they're giving her own show I mean like like, look, like certainly no one was like I don't think I-, I think probably every fucking one of these characters like they made Guardians and they were like What's the Michael Rooker character like Yunda or something? Y- y- Yondu. 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 They're like maybe a Yondu movie down the road <laughs> or like something like. But when they made Captain America, no one was like oh, Peggy. No, this no is way. a spinoff character. I mean, that's and, and that's like, completely. The I think I give full credit to her. I mean, like, like look at the cast of this movie. So Tommy Lee Jones is in it, and he's great. Oh, yeah. He's, this is this is by far the most charming of Tommy Lee Jones's, you know, like irascible old man roles. Stanley Tucci is awesome yeah. as as the scientist Toby in the Huss first third of the movie. Uh, 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 Toby, um, what's his name again? Toby, Toby Huss, right? Uh, it's something else, but but now I'm blanking on it. It's the, not Huss. Armin it's like, Armin Zola. As, 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 as it's Zola not? No, it's Toby. Uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 Toby something British. And I want to say too. I think Hugo Weaving gets underrated guy. as Red Skull. I think he's really good. I think that like you know, doesn't he? Wasn't there like he didn't like it or something? Like he he is like made it known that he is never returning to the it, franchise. It, it's very unclear. And like, I mean, it, it, thankfully, Red Skull is one of the easier ones to pull off without the original actor. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, it's it's very unclear whether he didn't enjoy it or whether like whether they've decided that you know they're not going to do the whole kind of constantly bring back Nazi characters. I don't follow sort of it. A, like, I mean, first they have not shied away from that. That's true, actually. <laughs> they have yeah, not yeah, shied away from that. That's, that's, that's very true. But like, yeah, I'm not sure. But like, I, I think he's very good. And really, more than anything, I think that um. You know, this is the one movie where just like like the style of it, the look of it, the fact that Joe Johnston, who made uh, The Rocketeer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really managed to basically make the better version of The Rocketeer and yeah. call it Captain America. I think that like the forties kind of like nostalgia Neil of it. Neil McDonough is great. All the Howling Commandos are great. It just it, it it's the one movie that it feels like you could you could extricate that, just have it as its own. Yeah, film. okay, okay. Right down to the fact that even though so I, I know some people hate on like the ending because it is sort of out of nowhere, but the last line of the movie when he just says like. 
I had a date. I think that is devastating. Yeah. I think that is a devastating totally. last line. I like the last line because it's almost a twist that this whole thing was the origin. You yes, know? yes. Like, that, that's a great way of putting it. No, this whole movie is an origin story. Right. And it's and, and you realize, like, you know, the, the fact that you're never going to really go back to the World War II yeah. era is really great, too. So I really like it. But I, I you, you were not the first person to tell me that it was aggressively unmemorable. <laughs> no, it's not that. It has its moments. But I remember just, like, not being as thrilled with it when I saw it. I, that's another one. I that uh, it's funny it's like I don't like it I'll have to watch it again to make sure Just, I don't I mean, like I mean, it like, it's worth giving it another watch because it also has a lot of great moments that I think are easy to overlook like when he goes off on the propaganda tour and they sing the Captain America song yeah that's all the really propaganda fun. stuff I love Natalie Dormer also in it very briefly Marjorie from Game of Thrones she? she plays the, the, the secretary who like makes out with him it's just it's, it's I don't remember top to, top to bottom great cast great story um, but more than anything I think it's important because it sets up my personal number one Captain America 2 Captain America 2 The Winter Soldier I think Captain America 2 is also my number one pick here it's so good it, it just, is good why is it so good okay so I we've think we've gone from Iron Man no we've we go gone from, from Thor 2 and Thor Iron 2. Man 2 so down at the bottom what's the difference between Thor 2 and Iron Man I think 2 and Captain America 2 I think the main difference uh, and it's, it's 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 almost like weirdly obvious is both of those movies just felt like further iterations of, of, of the first movie you know mm-hmm. like set in the same world same support Supporting cast, Thor 2 even brings back Darcy the intern. Captain America 2, not that similar to Captain America Definitely 1 not. at all. I mean, like in, in a way that to me really recalls like the kind of great franchises, like, you know, Aliens is not Alien. Uh-huh. Empire Strikes Back is very different from uh-huh. Star Wars in Indiana a lot of Jones. ways. It, it, Indiana Jones, of course. I mean, like, some people like Temple of Doom. I'm not crazy. Back to the but this is a fun game. Ex- exactly. I mean, like, I mean like, like to me, Back to the Future 3 is fun just because it's so different yeah, from, from the Yeah, two and three are obviously two. inferior to one, but like they're pretty good and they're you can't Absolutely. say they're repeat. They're yeah, 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 yeah. You, you you cannot say that they're similar at all. And like I, I just think so, so Winter Soldier gets gets a lot of credit for that. I think it throws you right into this very kind of like modern day story. I think that uh, the directors, uh, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, I think that like, they, they've talked a lot about how, you know, they were influenced by like kind of 70s paranoid thrillers. I'm not sure it quite goes that far, but I love the fact that like, they do really make like their version of Washington DC, probably mostly shot in Cleveland, into a sort of like compelling place on yeah. screen. I think that like, the whole idea of taking this character, who in the first movie was this sort of paragon of American virtue and kind of making him into like a black ops operative is mm-hmm. so interesting. I mean, man, even just like the way they shoot, I think that the, the, the two of the best action sequences are in this movie. One of them, of course, being uh, the first kind of like boat scene when he's sort of oh, like yeah. running around the outside. But I, I think the scene in the elevator is yeah. that's the best action sequence that any Marvel wow. movie has done. Maybe. I think it's it's so it's so small scale and mm-hmm. the fact that like I don't know I, I I think that I've now seen it I think three times and each time I really find something I've else also compelling seen it three about times. it. I've it's also seen it three fun. times and like you know I, I think also not for nothing I mean again and I sort of give full credit to Scarlett Johansson for this. Black Widow becomes more of a character with each yeah. movie. Her and Cap together, I think, is really interesting. This sort of half, like, they're partners, they're friends. Is there some sort of, like, underlying tension there? It's very unclear. I think there's... But really, the main thing is, this is a movie that seems to argue that, like, Nazis invented, like, the military-industrial complex. Well, well, there's two scenes in that movie that really... T- I mean, all everything you said is true, and it's, like, doing the things the other movies do at... The, at a very high level, like they all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two scenes that really turned that movie on for me are one, uh, the part where Nick Fury and Captain, when Captain America first sees kind of what is the name of the project? But he first sees the, the giant space yes, guns or yes, whatever. Yes, project, and, project top secret. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> him and Nick Fury have like an argument about like the security state in America, yes. and they're just like. 
fear. I don't know. They get into yes, this argument. This isn't about like, freedom. This is fear yeah, or something. It's like, right? What is freedom? And like what? It, and like I was like, oh shit, Captain America too's got something he wants to talk real. about. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and so, so what's funny is, and again, this is where I, I really give them credit. I, and it's I, like, I is, is anyone free if there's a gun to their head? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think that you know, <laughs> Do uh, I have to think for this movie. You know, it's, it's funny. So uh, this is the one franchise I think where the same writers have worked on every movie. I oh, think it's yeah. a Marcus and McFeely. One's Christopher and one's Stephen, and I always forget uh, which is which. But I think they really kind of clued into the fact that the great thing about Captain America is, and this is like true throughout the character's kind of comic book area, you can just kind of be very explicit with your themes because his name is Captain America. Right, right, right. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's all kind of like right up there on screen. So like, you know, you, you can be sort of on the nose in a very compelling way in a way that you really can't yeah. with Iron Man or with Thor. And or the with politics the isn't what it, it doesn't get lost and it's not what it's about. And like, you can still watch it and have fun. It's just like kind of like the atmosphere for the movie is yes. like the politics. It's exactly. not like a political movie. I would like, obviously it's not a political political movie it's just yes. like the, the this thing the superhero is moving around is a political world, and that is fully I think realized. That's, that's really a, a, a great way of putting this. Like, like this is not Zero Dark Thirty, but yeah. this, this this does feel set in like a shared cinematic universe with Zero Dark Thirty, yeah, and yeah. I find that very compelling. The other scene um, that I love is oh the Toby Huss whatever his name is um, this when he comes back as Arvin Zola, and it's like um, you know one I mean Hydra is so funny. It's so funny. They're like. They, they, they're not Nazis. They're like, no, even the Nazis thought these yeah, guys were bad. And they're like, we are responsible for all of mankind's suffering. They're showing like 9 11 footage. There's like and a shit. shot of like Hugo Chavez in yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, and it's like, too. and it's like, and they're like, we have been, you know, we have been preparing mankind to be so afraid that it's ready to be take, taken over. And I yep, was like, yep. oh shit, no, I did no, not see this and, coming. Well, and it's, it's so funny that you bring this up because like, I kind of forget this now. That is like a pretty genuinely shocking twist totally, when yeah. that happens. Yeah. And, and and, and, and weirdly, actually, it's funny. Also, I love the lost, like, 80s technology element oh of my it. God, how no, he's, like, yeah. The whole it. look of it, I, I mean, it, it's funny, because in some ways, Winter Soldier has a less distinctive look than some of the other movies. Certainly, like, you know, it's it's not Guardians, which is just so right, kind right. of, like, out there. It's not Iron Man, which is really sort of, like, bright and colorful. But, yeah, something about the sort of, like, almost analog look of it for so much of the movie. And, yeah, them just, yeah, them going into this old computer factory is so interesting. And even, yeah, man, you know, that last action scene, it's another scene where... Winter Soldier's one of the better villains. Too, right? Oh, he's he's so great, and like, like you really do feel the relationship between him mm-hmm. and Cap in a really interesting way. I mean, yeah, the Winter Soldier is great. I think Redford is having a ball in the movie. Oh, Redford, he is, he is so fun. I mean, in the film, you gotta add a star to that movie just for Robert Redford just saying Hail Hydra. Oh my God, for him saying Hail Hydra, and just I mean, like, like he's he's such an. He, and again, like both the cat movies have this. Just like all the characters feel like they're so on point. Have you the, ever heard an interview with Robert Redford where he explains his presence in that movie? Because I, like. It is an interesting movie, and like I love that he's in it. I would like love to hear his thought process. Like he clearly looked at. It, I mean, you know, Robert Redford doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to, yes. right? Like he clearly yes. looked at it, thought it was interesting, wanted to do it, and I think it's interesting, and I'm really glad he did it. But I'd love to hear like what it is that attracted he him to this movie because I can just imagine the eyes rolling out of his head when like the someone says like his agent just pitches Captain America well, two to him, well, right? It's funny because like you know you think about that character. I don't know Robert Redford by the way. No, 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 no. I think it's so true though. But like, and you know, you think about his character. I feel like ninety percent of his scenes in the movie are in the same set. It's like him in that sort of like office overlooking yeah, yeah, like yeah. 
yeah, the river. I think that's and, so, true. And, and again, like so much of that, I mean, any other actor could have been just as good. I feel like Redford brings so much to it. The fact that like he is sort of charming and you know, he is like the handsomest ninety year old man alive, or you mm-hmm. know, however, however however old he actually is. And then God, the scene where also, just putting Robert Redford in your movie makes it like ten percent more political, like yep. without having to do anything else. It's yes, just it's like, like, oh, like, this oh, is some... oh man, oh yeah, this this really has like, you know, makes... such such resonance. Yeah, just putting such Robert Redford in it like makes any I don't even I can't even I don't know a lot about Robert. I've seen many fine Robert Redford films. I don't know a ton about him, but something about his presence makes anything you have to say about politics just 10% totally. more legitimate. Well, just, and, just him being there. And I there. think, I mean, I mean you, you know, it's funny, like, uh, I did this thing where, like, uh, like on, on seeing the movie again, I think there's so many kind of great little touches in the movie. One of them, of course, is the fact that uh, in the movie, the the Triskelion, or however you pronounce the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, mm-hmm. is across the river from the Watergate Hotel, and it's oh, just kind of always there in the background. Yeah. There's, like, there's nifty little, little touches. I mean, like, I, I really think it's funny because, uh, so, the, the directors, uh, Anthony and, and Joe Russo, um, who before this movie, I think their only feature film was oh, like, it's you Drill me and Taylor, right? What's or, that? You might be right. It was, it was yeah, it was one of the <laughs> Owen Wilson it's movies. One of the two. It was it was one of the but like they're they're better known for doing like you know community, a lot of episodes of, of, of Community. And Wait, I remember did they do Arrested Development. I made they that did up. they did do a couple episodes of, of Arrested Development. Also, They've anyone that never touched Arrested Development is like, right, and like forever like, cool in that I, book. I, I just think that like I remember uh, when I interviewed them, they talked a lot about the the scene in the elevator, and they said that you know originally that was going to be a much more elaborate scene, and we just thought, what if we make it smaller? And I think that like. That's the best instinct they took to this movie, really was, like, how do we sort of take... Because, I mean, again, you were sort of talking about earlier, so many Marvel movies are, there's a big glowing thing that'll destroy the universe, and it makes it kind of intangible and kind of boring. Whereas Captain America is small scale, it's relatively earthbound as far as superhero mm-hmm, movies mm-hmm. go. I think the characters are great. I think Mackie as yep. the Falcon is sort of so great, and he really kind of adds a new sort of side to, to Captain America. I don't know, that, that's why... I feel like he's getting screwed in Captain America 3 already, because the end oh. of Captain America 2, made it seem like Captain America 3 was going to be Falcon and Captain America's adventure and now we know like now we know that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be Iron Man in Captain America 3 and like I got a feeling Falcon's not yeah, might Falcon's not be in it that probably going to get demoted a little <laughs> bit I mean but I, I, I will say I mean like that's why uh, be- before we came here I, I was sort of like you know refreshing my memory of all of the like 30 Marvel movies that are coming up and that's why Civil War the, the, the third Captain America so let's, let's look to the future a little bit alright so I mean like I Civil War is the one that I'm looking forward, uh, forward to most so this I mean, is Captain America 3 Iron slash Iron Captain Man America 4, 3 slash War. Iron Man 4 slash it, it, it seems like, like by all accounts and this is not meant to spoil anything by all accounts it's really going to be the one that flows directly out of whatever happens in Avengers 2 I mean like mm-hmm. it's really going to I mean the, 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 the original story arc Civil War was one of the big mega crossovers mm-hmm. in the Marvel Universe you know there's a lot of theories about like you know what will happen in it I, I just think I think it's very smart of Marvel to start this process of diversifying where okay we sort of thought we knew what the Marvel plan was it was going to be the, certain heroes get their own franchises off on their own every four years or so there's an Avengers movie I like the fact that now it's going to be a little bit more mixing and matching I think it'll be yeah, interesting fun. I mean if, if they actually do make Downey into the sort of antagonistic figure yeah, in the movie I, cool. I think that'd be great that sounds Way more interesting than Iron Man Four. You yes, know? yes. Well, and like I think I think they're very smart about this, you know, because yeah, like none of us really. I don't think any of us really want another uh, another Iron Man yeah. and Pepper are having problems <laughs> yeah. as they prepare for their marriage. Captain and then... America Two <laughs> is probably the movie 
uh, maybe I'm thinking like since Iron Man one or whatever that has like the largest impact on the universe. Like yes. I, I guess Avengers would be the other one where like it has like these like world changing, you know, totally. like well, paradigm. I mean, I mean Winter Soldier. Shifting. I mean, you know, as I was saying earlier, I think Shield is so fucking boring for the most part. And Winter Soldier, they're like actually like Shield all along has been a villainous force, mm-hmm. and we're now we're tearing them down. And I think that's great. Unfortunately, we still have Agents of Shield to deal with, which is just not a good TV show. I but tried going. I watched the first. Man, I want to like it so bad. I tried watching the first few last year gave up on it like most people heard it got better went back it is better but like it's still not like no, there was a delusion about that show that it's constantly getting better and it's just it's just not i just don't think i, I think that bad, the fundamentals like, are i think that like everyone who says who says it's getting better fundamentally what they're really saying is if they killed off everybody on that show and started over again it would be a lot better and that's kind of my my feeling about it yeah i mean i love clark greg i want to I, I want to like it so bad like there's mm-hmm. very few shows that i like don't like, if I stop watching your show, like, I stopped watching Walking Dead, and I have not gone back in, like, four or five years. It's really hard to get me back, you know? And that one did it. I want to like it so badly. What, else, I mean, like, like, what are you excited about in the sort of phase three Oh, Doctor period? Strange? Mm-hmm. I saw, I, I've, I don't think I've ever read a single Doctor Strange comic. It's possible I've never even read a comic that Doctor Strange was in. I seriously can't recall a single instance of it, but... Benedict Cumberbatch, if that's real, seems like it is. Who the fuck Seems to be real, who, yeah. It's hard to tell. Who knows? Uh, yeah. But it seems real. Benedict Cumberbatch, and I just saw like this, like someone posted like a few frames from like Doctor Strange on Tumblr, and I was like, oh yeah, I'd see this movie. Well, 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 it, really, that movie is kind of a question mark because like like vintage Doctor Strange, like when I think it was uh, Steve Ditko was doing yeah. this sort of art for it, is fucking insane. Yeah, it's like the tri- it's like it is all crazy. Marvel comics in the seventies are like in some way drug influenced, but yes. Doctor Strange is like well, the. So, so what's funny actually is so Ditko, by all accounts, um, he was just he was not actually any kind of like. Like any kind of a druggie, he was just really into like you know Eastern philosophy, really into the paranormal. I think he was kind of like I think he might have been one of the comic book writers who was weirdly into Ayn Rand. So there's a lot of just like crazy ideas filtering through there. But some of the art, I mean, it's weird because like a lot of his stories are just kind of Doctor Strange, like this sort of normal looking dude with a mustache going into like you know a horrific H.P. Lovecraft dimension of only monsters with squid yeah. with squid brains. I think that like. Like if they can bring that kind of quality to the movie, it'll be awesome. So that now, sounds good. That sounds good. One issue is, and you know, uh, like Scott Derrickson, the director in charge, like he's uh, like wait, he's directing the movie. They he, have a director. He, he he's the director. He most recently did. He's kind of a horror guy. He's probably best known for Exorcism of Emily Rose, I didn't see and it. Um, he just did the movie with Eric Bana, Deliver Us from Evil. Didn't the, see the, it. The, the problem is only Guillermo del Toro should be making yep, a Doctor yep, Strange yep, yep. movie. You know, I mean, only Guillermo del Toro should be making movies. You know, so like. Like, right, in right. an ideal world, every movie would be directed by Guillermo Exactly, Gimitatora. so I think I think that's, that's like, the, the big question It is crazy mark. that he's not directing it, though. It's so obvious. What about, I mean, like, I, I don't know, you know, how do you feel about, because then there's going to be, like, Captain Marvel and Black Panther and, like, I the other I know nothing about those characters, which sounds great. I mean, I am glad that they're finally doing a black person, that they're finally doing a woman, mm-hmm. like, I think is wonderful and long overdue, and mm-hmm. that sounds great. I mean, it's, it is, to Marvel's shame that, like, their number one prominent female character is Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. I get Captain them confused. Marvel, yes. Like it's to the it's it shows how shallow how few women they have to work with that like totally. the, the you know um that the one that I'm I am glad they're doing but just like this is like yeah. a recent invention no. like they basically had to 
Yeah, yeah no, you know, there's, like there's no one on the Captain America level. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like I think they have no, saying, uh, yeah. in their 50 or 60 years of history, like, they basically didn't develop a strong female character. Totally, until, totally. Or, 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 weirdly, or one who carries weirdly, her title. Like, I don't want to be like, I know there's Black Widow and stuff. Weirdly, like, they did, but they're all in the X-Men franchise, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, like, that's like, true. That's the, I mean, like, or like, Spider-Man, and, like, some of some are Spider-Man's Spider-Man, friends, like, Silver Sable. Or, totally, um, Silver Sable, who, man, I am, I am still, I am pushing hard. I guess there is an Electra movie. There is an Electra movie. Electra's a strong female character. She is, and they really they really did sort of butcher her. I mean, like, like it's sad, because like, like the ideal Electra movie would have been full Frank Miller, and, and would have basically been like a, a, a dialogue-free ninja movie for right. two hours. So I guess I want to pull back on what I said. I think I said that, that Marvel never developed any strong female characters. That's obviously not true, but they never developed any who had their own title. Totally, In, yeah. in fucking and, well, several but, decades of existence. But, I mean, it's funny, though, because, you know, one thing that I think you're getting into, and this is kind of referring back to something you said about Guardians of the Galaxy, is a lot of the characters who are going to be defining Phase 3 they might as well be new characters as yeah. far as most of the public is concerned. So, I mean, know? even as far as comic book fans know, like, I'm reasonably well-versed in comic books. I don't know a fucking thing about the Inhumans. <laughs> I don't know a single thing. I think they have a dog that teleports them. That oh, seems cool. Oh, man. The, the fact that they're getting to an Inhumans movie, I mean, I, I mean, like, like I, so much of that, so much of my excitement about that will depend on, like, who are they getting to make it, who's the director, who's the writer, because that is, like, there are some fascinating Inhuman stories, but, I mean, if you think that Guardians of the Galaxy is crazy, Inhumans are bug-fuck bananas. Great. That sounds great. Like, I'm on board. Are, that is, like, really, like, I mean, the, 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 the mythology is big enough to be like its own kind of Game of Thrones unto itself. But I just think like people who don't read comic books don't appreciate this that like everyone's like whoa Groot's like a character only comic book nerds know. Even comic book nerds, by and large, had no idea who Groot was. No one knows. These are obscure to the even dwindling population of people that actually read comic totally. books like on a weekly basis. Totally. And I mean and again, like I think that's why, I mean, you know, again, we've talked a lot about like you know the good and bad of Marvel Studios, but I think one thing that as someone who grew up reading comics, I, I think is so cool is yeah, now they're getting into this new gear where it's like, we're gonna start bringing up our C and D listers, giving them the blockbuster treatment, and you know, in some ways maybe making them better than they've ever been on the page. Yeah, in before. some ways you're inventing new characters or you're like rebooting them in a way, like mm-hmm. Star Lord and Guardians. Um, um, is very unlike, as I understand it, Star Lord in the um, in the uh, comic I mean, yeah, books. I mean, you know, yeah, and like the father mystery is different in the totally, comics, and like, totally. and they streamline some elements of the characters and reboot them. So it's like a different. Um, challenge and in yeah. some ways more interesting because well, you're almost and, well, you know, and the best thing closer to inventing something new if well, not actually inventing something I think something like new. The, the best thing about that to your point is it feels like they took the character from the comics and they and then they cast Chris Pratt and they really combined those two elements into a brand new thing because like so much of Peter Quill in the movie feels like Chris Pratt to me and so much of it I remember um, J- uh, Gunn told me that it was actually kind of I, th- I think Chris Pratt and he kind of you know together came up with the idea of the whole Footloose thing, this idea of, like, this character sort of has this legend in his head of Kevin Bacon and Footloose, and that's something uh-huh. that, like, Chris Pratt really sort of, like, you know, brought to the project. And so Which I think reminds that's... me, now that I'm thinking about it, of his amazing retelling of the plot of Roadhouse from Parks and Rec. Oh, my God. Ab- ab- absolutely, yeah. And, like, I think I think that's the exciting part of those new movies, is the sense of, like, we might actually be seeing something kind of brand new, both, you know, for people who've known these characters forever and for people who've never seen the characters before. Now, all that being said, man, I don't... The Infinity War is going to be so bonkers. It's like, hard to it's it's hard to conceive yeah, of it. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. How far apart are those movies coming up? I think they're one year apart. I think if I, and and like I, I may be wrong, but I believe that the progression is Avengers: Infinity War one, then Captain Marvel, which presumably will have some sort of tie in to what all is happening, uh, then Infinity War Part two. Unclear right now. I mean, are they actually like, like a two part set in the sense that there's going to be like a cliffhanger at the end? Is it more of a sort of you know here's this story? 
and then part two will be more about who knows, really. Let me know how involved Joss Whedon is, and then I will report back with how excited I am early, about it. Early rumors are that Whedon might depart the franchise after Avengers 2. And, so that's, I mean, that's what they've been saying. It's unclear if that's true or not. We should also say, like in the same way that we said that they cast smart, they also cast directors. I mean, that's really the uh, probably the single... I mean, if you want to point, if you can even point to a single thing that they did here, it's like picking people um, really off the wall choices. John Favreau, Favreau yep, may, yep. did not really see like he was coming off Zarathustra. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got your uh, Joe and Anthony Russo, like that was kind of an off the wall choice. Um, Joss Whedon was like, you know, Serenity was like not a popular film for some reason. I mean, they really did sort of pluck Joss Whedon out of like a pretty rough patch of his career and give him essentially his entirely kind of new act yeah, the, as a literally the, large, of the biggest movies. movie of all time. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, like I'm sure someone will, will correct me, but like, I believe when they hired him for Avengers, he was coming off of like Doctor Horrible, a an awesome but certainly quite small scale like web mm-hmm. musical, and then the failure of Dollhouse, I think, happened right around the same time. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, like, that was that was very savvy. I I still like Dollhouse, although I have not finished the second season. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I think Dollhouse is fucking terrible, and I watched all of it. But the uh, the actually gets uh, pretty great, and like great, towards the end, yeah, the end of it is actually pretty amazing, and like on par with some it. of the best Joss I gotta Whedon get stuff. Back around to it, because what happens is like at some point it's what it's towards the end of the second season. Probably it seems like once they knew it was being canceled for real, like. They had a big book of like years worth of ideas, and they were like, "All right, we got to get all this get into the this. last six episodes." I love when TV shows do that. They totally like, we gotta, do that. We and the finale put- in particular is like off the fucking wall. I crazy. gotta watch I it. it. I only got as far as like the first season finale when it's like the weird flash forward to the future that Felicia that part's great. Day is and in, that first which is season's totally really awesome. bad. Like, I really can't say enough about how little I enjoy that it first is, season. It, I mean, like, like I, 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 I always kind of like watching things where like a filmmaker or a creator that you respect just does something that is not good, yeah. but it's still very clearly them. Like, uh-huh. You feel Joss Whedon and all of that, and yeah. just so little of it works. But when it does work, you're like, this is off the chain. This I do like, like that first season finale, which in classic Joss Whedon style is like a weird DVD extra yes, that like yes. never aired on it's TV or whatever. Like, oh, that happened to Firefly also, right? Like Objects in Space, which is the episode that mm-hmm. he directed, like never actually aired on television. I mean, that <laughs> episode of... of- Dollhouse. So let's talk about Dollhouse for a sec, because that's what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> like, this is an episode of Dollhouse, where which has not been a good show, but this episode takes place in the far future and implies that what you've been seeing in the present will one day bring about the apocalypse. Bring about the so, craziest apocalypse ever! So it makes everything more interesting, because now everything they're doing is taking steps towards causing the apocalypse. So yes. it, like, it changes the entire show and makes it, it changes so the whole much show. more interesting and, and, and better. It's also, the, it's also such a crazy apocalypse where it just seems like, like this is a world where like people's personalities are just flipping back and forth right, through bodies right. constantly. I mean, like, particularly the last. You should check it out because particularly the last episode I remember has some like really crazy creative implications of the technology. Like in the first season, two years of the show, they use the technology in, like one specific way to put different personalities in Eliza Dushko. They like obviously had so many more ideas about it, but for some reason they were just like. Waiting to, waiting to trot those out no, a little no, too it, long it, or something. It's sort because like, like, like the show sort of weirdly feels like it, it's it's like a darker Charlie's Angels, and then occasionally it just becomes something so crazier and more out. There. I'm so glad that we talked about dollhouse. I'm glad we got some dollhouse in there. <laughs> I have six minutes and forty five seconds left on this memory card. Is there what other elements of the Marvel universe? Are, are there any other weird corners we that we've left unturned? There's the one shots. There's the one the shots. Really, I've watched all those, and the only one you really 
is worth your time seeking out is the Ben Kingsley yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, like, the others are all just sort of fun, but frankly, to me, the others have, I mean, like, like, and again, like, I, I don't want to rag too much on, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because everybody does, but, like, it's so weird because the Marvel movies are such well-oiled machines, and it's weird seeing what happens when the machine is not so well-oiled, and, like, to me, the one-shots that aren't the Mandarin one kind of feel that way to me. Yeah. It's like, they're a little too cheap, and they're a little bit too kind of, like, you know, too kind of, like, hoity and fun in a way it's not actually that fun like even the the, the agent carter one-off feels a little kind of random to me like i don't know I, I yeah i think the mandarin one is really the one to seek out and you can kind of skip the rest one problem with shield is that like it feels like they're never going to do anything because like what are they going to do defeat hydra no like captain america's got to defeat hydra yeah. and like it shouldn't be a problem that they are in that they're like by definition the least of you know, not top importance in their universe. Mm -hmm. um, like that, that seems like actually it could be kind of a fun premise. But for some reason, like everything they're doing feels like really unimportant. Totally. No, it? no, no. It feels so unimportant. I mean, like, like in a way where it's sad because, you know, we talked earlier on about Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, which is like only small scale stories about mm -hmm. the least important Avengers. Well, they set sort of in like Brooklyn. leaned into the fact that he's so lame and unimportant. Yes. Like, and they like jujitsu that from a liability and like turned its momentum against yes. it and made yeah. it like oh actually there's, why there's, made it interesting. There's the one comic where like half of the comic is him trying to hook up his like DVD or like, like, or, like hook up his cable or or something. Yeah. I think that's so great. And like Agents of Shield and Agents of Shield feels like feels like unimportant people pretending to be important somehow. It's also sad too because I mean like um have you ever read the uh, Jim Steranko Shield stuff from like the late 60s? No. I mean, that is it's it's worth seeking out the collection because it's so sort of like it's got style and it's so crazy and it's very kind of like, you know, a little bit of Andy Warhol and a little bit of almost kind of fantasy elements. And it's like what he does with this concept of basically like a James Bond ripoff is so great. And so again, like, you know, not that Age of Shield needs to be that, but it could be that. Yeah. It's all there on the page. It could mm -hmm. do something interesting. Are there, are there any Marvel characters you're like, are there any? <laughs> it's hard to imagine that there's any characters you're like waiting to see. Oh, you know what I'm excited about? Maybe even as much as the movies is the the Netflix stuff coming out like Daredevil I, Netflix series. I think that's Defenders. really interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, well like, like to, to be honest, I mean, like I, I'm a big Iron Fist guy. Which Jessica they're gonna Jones. Get to that These are interesting characters. Jessica Jones, Actually, Jessica is, Jones is a pretty good strong yeah, female I mean, character I mean, too. At her own totally. title, never I mean, mind. Like uh, Luke Cage is great. I think those TV shows are going to be really interesting because again, so so right now Marvel has had one TV show, Agents of Shield. We don't like that. Coming up next is Agent Carter. I'm hopeful for it. The previews don't make it look that good, so we'll see how that goes. But the Netflix stuff, the idea is basically to do what they did with the Avengers movies on the small screen. So you'll have Daredevil and then Iron Fist and Luke Cage. I love that they're actually shooting it in New York. Mm, I think that's, that's really cool. cool. Um, I love the idea of kind of doing a, like of doing the sort of grittier Marvel characters. We'll see. I mean, like, you know, Daredevil is my favorite superhero. And I think that, like, he's had, like, three of the best story arcs in comic book mainstream history. So, what are those? Uh, one of them, of course, is uh, Frank Miller's Born Again. Uh, one of them is the whole kind of Alex Maleev and Brian Michael Bendis series from, from early 2000s. That's when his identity read. gets out, that one's great. You should check out, though, um, for something completely different, Mark Wade has a run of Daredevil that started, I think, three years ago that is totally different. Oh, it is like, I haven't read it's that at bright all. and like fun and science fiction-y. Yeah, it's, it's really mm, good. Science fiction-y. Um, it, it is. I mean, like, it, it sort of owns the parts of the character that like were totally not what Frank Miller and, and Bendis were doing. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful for those things, mainly because, like, I feel like 
like DC has done good superhero TV oh, shows. Oh yeah, I guess they're making movies too. They're, they're also making movies. Man, I I I don't know. I got I'm, two and a half minutes on this memory card. Is, was my tone dismissive enough to cover the, that conversation? I think I think it was. We don't need to talk about Batman versus Superman. We can we can we can save that uh, for a future we'll for see. a future we'll sad see. podcast. Prove me wrong, DC. Prove me wrong. Like <laughs> nothing would make me happy. Like it'd be great. Kind of in the way, like, you know, Sony makes Microsoft step up their game and like X and vice versa. And like Microsoft's making the PlayStation 4 better by competing by competing with them. Like, I'd love for DC to be making great movies, I but just, I am not seeing it happening I right just now. Think, you know, Marvel well, has we'll see Green Lantern 2020. I feel like, oh, you know, maybe Green God. Lantern Green Lantern 2020. I got it marked on my calendar. I just think that, you know, Marvel has I'll be Marvel 38 years old. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be sad old men by then. I just think, you know, Marvel has Kevin Feige as the guy who's in charge of everything. And I think DC, unfortunately, right now has Zack Snyder. And mm. that's not the guy you want in charge of anything. I like Dawn of the Dead. Everything else he's done is awful. I, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, tech, I, I'm, I'm not confident, but hey, prove me wrong. Prove like me wrong. you said, prove me wrong. Well, I have, we're, get, we're getting down on this memory card. Darren, how can everyone find you online and tell you how right, how can they find you on Twitter and let you know how much they agreed with your opinions? How much they agreed with my opinions? Please tell me how much you hate Captain America 1. That's what I'm excited about. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Darren Franich. Uh, I write for EW on EW.com. I have a weekly column called Entertainment Geekly, which usually appears on Friday mornings. And uh, you, you know what? If you want to, you can write to me at Darren underscore Franich at EW.com. There I, it is. I, 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 I welcome all input into how I totally <laughs> miss. I, I, I'm wrong, and Thor 2 is a great movie. <laughs> we only have a minute left, but let me just say, I feel like most people, like you'd move around a little. I'd probably move Captain America 1 down. Let me look. I'd probably move Captain America one down, and maybe some, maybe Thor one up. But like, this is going to be most people's list, yeah, right? I mean, well, well, because well, again, though, because the Marvel movies, there isn't a lot of real disparity. They're sort of like I kind of feel like they're all in the realm of yeah. B plus to B minus, with Thor two as the one like C minus. Say we will about DC's approach, but like, you swing harder. Sometimes you're going to get a Dark Knight that's, out of it. No, th that's the main thing that DC has going for them. Forty man. seconds. The Dark Knight is better. Is probably better than any of the Marvel movies. Maybe tied with Winter Soldier. I would say. Yeah. So yeah. There it is. There it well, is. Well, Darren, thanks so much for stopping by. Jeff, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thus concludes another episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I will be back in two weeks, but I want you to start mentally preparing because that will be the last Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show of 2014. I will be taking my annual holiday hiatus that I grant myself and not releasing an episode on Christmas. So I'm looking at the calendar, and that means that uh, this is going to be the last episode of the year. And what a year it's been. We are going to finish strong. That is in two weeks. You'll be the first to know about it if you follow me on Twitter, where I am Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show, uh, on Tumblr at jeffrubinjeffrubin.com, on my Facebook fan page, or jeffrubinjeffrubinshow.com, where you can hear every episode of this show ever. And, you know, you can also get in touch with me and let me know uh, about some episodes that I haven't made yet that you want me to make. Uh, you can let me know your feedback about future episodes that you yourself are suggesting, all at jeffrubinjeffrubinshow.com. And uh, I guess that's it for now. See you guys in two weeks. Bye.